0: and start building excellence in your life, leadership, and legacy. Hey everyone, welcome to the Building Excellence Podcast. We have special guest Donnie Walton with us today. Donnie, thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Absolutely, thank you for having me.
0: If you wouldn't mind, just give us some background a little bit into growing up and what that was like for you.
1: Yeah, growing up, um, you know, I feel like I had the best parents in the world. Um, I don't know how my mom did it taking care of my uh, older brother, and younger sister and I, taking us to all the sporting events. Um, and then my dad being a college baseball coach, uh, I felt like I was very fortunate. I definitely realized I was really, really fortunate um, as the years go on of, I was just at the field every day, um, going straight from school. My mom dropped me off at, at the field hanging out to the field until it was, you know, time to go home. And um, I I had my older brother to lean on, but I also had 25 other older brothers uh, every year to just, you know, mess around with, pick their brain. And, um, you know, I I felt like the luckiest kid in the world. I was just, it was my big playground at Old Roberts. And uh, I just wanted to be around the guys all the time.
0: Yeah. And so, Whenever you were growing up, did you always grow up in Tulsa? Was your dad always at ORU at the time, coaching?
1: So um, I was born in Dallas, Texas. Uh, My dad was a scout for the Indians at the time. Um, My mom was a PE teacher. Um, And so he got the job. He got the pitching coach job first at Old Roberts. And then we moved when I was about three years old to Tulsa. And then he became the head coach, I think three years, four years later, and then was in Tulsa all the way up until my senior high school. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you had this experience where you were around baseball pretty much all the time, right? Yeah. You had an older brother that was playing sports in front of you as well, had mm-hmm. a younger sister. Um, but one thing I want to touch on, you talked about the importance of your parents. What are the values and the things that they instilled in you at a young age that still carry over today?
1: You know, um, they've always taught me to control what I can control. That's like they've been, I know it's a simple saying, but it's been like embedded in my brain. It's just like, so whatever adversity comes, just, you know, take it and run with it. Um, You know, my mom, she's one of the toughest people I know. Um, And I definitely get my mom's personality. I'll say that more outgoing. Uh, my sister and my brother get my dad's my dad's personality they're like a little bit more quiet but uh no they, we came from my mom's side of the family all played athletics um they were all throughout Bishop Kelly and then my dad's side of the family all in athletics as well so just an athletic family um which is fun because uh growing up in Tulsa a lot of my mom's side of family uh all my uncles were living there at the same time. So whenever we had family events, it's always just competition going around. Um, But, you know, my parents, they said whatever I, it didn't have to be baseball. It didn't have to be, you know, uh, any sports. It could have been like music or, you know, acting or anything. They just said, if you choose something, you go all out. And like, you don't go halfway. Like, if you decide to take this, you know, music class or whatever, or guitar lessons, like you're going to do it for an entire year and I can quit. Or, you know, you want to play soccer this year, whatever. They just made sure you did it a hundred percent. And so anything less than that, then you're, you're in trouble. So, um, I think when it really hit me was, um, uh, I'm kind of scrambling here, but oh, you're good. Uh, when I was, they kind of let us do whatever we want, like hang out with friends and stuff like that. And then once it hit like high school, um, you know, my dad pulled my brother and I aside and they're like, you know, you know, what are you going to do? Like, what what is y'all's plan in college? Like you guys got to figure that out. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not paying for, for you or they are you and, uh, Davis, like you guys got to figure it out. Like it's either school or you better get going. It's football or baseball or whatever. And I was like, all right. And he's like, this is real. Like, you know, I got to better, I better get going. And so he's like, I'm only going to pay for your sister. And so, uh, my brother and I looked at each other and I was like, golly, he's, he's dead serious. He's we, serious. Need to, <laughs> we need to figure this out. But, uh, you know, luckily I had all the facilities to work out at. And then my dad, you know, did whatever he could to help my brother as well. And, um, you know, I thanked, thanked him for that. Cause I was, I didn't really know. I was just wanting to hang out with my friends, you know, how high school you just want to just have a good time and stuff like that. And then I think that was the one time where it's like, you got to make some real sacrifices in your life. If you really want something.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So at a young age, you had parents around you that loved and supported you, but also they taught you the values of, of going all out at something, whatever that you put your mind to. And then also you know taught the value of hard work. Um, and so you get to see that throughout the progression of your life, obviously. Um, you know, as you started getting into high school, let's just, let's back up a little bit. Let's go to, uh, you know, you playing all types of sports growing up or you just playing baseball all the time. That's it. Or are you doing other stuff?
1: No, my uh, my dad and mom encouraged me to play as many sports as I could because um, my dad really thought that you can get something from each sport. Like, you can learn something from soccer. You can learn something from football. And you can take it into your, you know, when you're playing baseball later on. Um, and I definitely felt that. Like, I felt basketball, um, you know, thinking on your feet quick, um, you know, those instincts you got to make, you know, cutting to the basket or making a defensive play. I feel like those instincts helped me uh, on the baseball field, definitely like defensively. And then, um, you know, football, whatever play we're running, um, you know, approaching the line and seeing what's out there and stuff like that. Definitely helped me in, you know, uh, hitting wise as well. And so I think I, definitely just picked out a couple of things. I I played soccer, I played basketball, I played football all growing up, with baseball. So, um yeah, they encouraged me to play them all. Mm-hmm. And you had an older I, brother. What well, go ahead. And I wanted to, I wanted to play them all. I like, you know, I uh, I enjoyed all of them, so.
0: Yeah, cuz that's, you know, that's one thing too. Um you can obviously see like a lot of people started to specialize at such a young age, right? But you had all these experiences playing different sports and you get to meet a lot of different people, make friends, with a lot of people. So there's all these things that, that contribute to your overall growth by just playing all, all these different sports. And you obviously had an older brother, Davis, who I went to school with. And, uh, he was a guy who played a lot of different sports as well. So you had that, was there a lot of competition growing up in the house with you two?
1: Oh my gosh. Uh, (laughs) Um, a lot of, a lot of fights, a lot of like, uh, you know, he's all, you know, you know him, he's six, five, you know, he's gigantic. He was always tall. Uh And so whatever we played, it was just that much harder for me. Um, Luckily (laughs) when we were younger, he was not as coordinated and (laughs) uh, thick. So I felt like I could get, gain a little bit of edge, uh, just start running around him. But uh, Uh you know, once he hit his like grew into his body, got coordinated and got really athletic his freshman year of high school. I literally was like, Whoa, like this is a different human being. And so <laughs> uh, basketball got a little tougher. And so, um, but my, my dad encouraged it. He's like, you know, he, he let us, you know, get into it a couple of times and just kind of figure it out on our own and uh, realize, you know, when we are fighting, it's, you know, ridiculous, it's stupid. And You're letting adversity get to you, and so um, I'm like looking back and like, why'd you guys? Why'd you let me? Why'd you let me just fight Davis for about 20 minutes? You know, but uh, we even had stuff like uh, Davis couldn't shoot in the paint. Like he could not do any layups, no nothing, because it wasn't fair. Like he's just going over the top of me, right? Uh huh. And so, um, and he got really good at that baseline shot. In high school and he just it was i swear it's because he couldn't he couldn't do any layups and uh when we we're playing one on one uh-huh but if I ever was like close and it was like a close one on one match he's shooting in the paint and I get pissed and I'm throwing the ball at him and stuff <laughs> like it's ridiculous so uh-huh. but I will say this i tell it i tell everybody this I was like my brother um you know when we had that talk with our dad, I saw the work ethic, like I had, I just saw like what work ethic was really about. Um, you know, he wanted to play football. He got after it in the weight room. He got after it, um, you know, eating wise. And I really saw what it took, you know, to gain that next level. And, um, you know, I saw that with Michael Freeman as well, but I saw it in my own household, just like, he just got after it, and I was like, you know what? Okay, I need to, I need to get on that same train. So um, Davis was—he, I mean, he worked his ass off. So it was, it was pretty cool to watch him um, go from his freshman year, his senior year, and go to JUCO, put on fifty pounds, mm-hmm. and then he's he's starting for Tulsa offensive tackle. So uh, it was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. I see you had obviously a brother you're close to but also in a sense probably a little bit of a role model where you get to watch him and learn from him and uh basically you get to watch by his example kind of guidance of what it takes to to get to the next level at the time right
1: absolutely absolutely when i when i saw him you know put on all that weight and get after in the weight room it was it was eye opening for me for sure
0: yeah absolutely well, what was it like growing up with your dad being a coach and always being around uh, the ORU baseball team? And what was that experience like? And how did it kind of impact you a little bit in certain ways?
1: Yeah. Um, like I said, it was, um, I, very, I feel very blessed um, to have that, you know, childhood and growing up into it. And um, I still talk to some of those players now. And then, I've actually played against a couple of them and uh you know my dad always when I was at the field he just whatever player you know he kind of trusted or whatever he let me just run with them um you know and take ground balls with them and during BP uh I'm out there shagging and just I mean it was incredible and like looking back now and and uh and he didn't take it lightly either. It was, you know, if guys were hitting me ground balls, he, and they wanted to hit him soft because I was 10 years old. He's like, Hey, like hit that thing. And so I can remember these guys smoking ground balls. I'm it's hit me in the chest or whatever. And I knew like I had, I, I knew I could not back down. Like it was bad. Like if I walked off the field, like no chance. So I had to just keep wearing it or whatever. And, um, and definitely helped me out you know it's it's you learn how to catch a ground ball and not take one off the face chest. Yeah,
0: you better <laughs> uh, you,
1: be- you better learn how to do it so um going through those um times and even when I was in like eighth grade or whatever he had the idea of like just sticking me in there um during bullpens and uh even like some scrimmages just to like see what 90, 92 was like and um um i definitely took full advantage of that um and then i i got to know what the lifestyle was about so like when i went to college i already knew what what it took and i already knew i saw i i saw the guys that had success i saw what they were doing and my dad would be like hey pay attention to him you know pay attention to what he's doing and so I would just like honestly I would sort of mimic their swing, mimic how they field ground balls. And so, you know, I thank all those guys, honestly, uh, that were at ORU because I just try to imitate them. And that's all I wanted to do was play college ball first. I just wanted to play college baseball. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot from them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you just talked about all you wanted to do was play college baseball. So you had this this kind of vision and this focus of what you wanted to do. Um, throughout high school, really, what were the things you were doing that were enabling you to get to a higher level? Obviously you talked about, you know, growing up around the baseball diamond with your dad and ORU baseball, but what were you doing day in, day out so that you'd have an opportunity to play college baseball?
1: Yeah. So that was, um, uh, going back to that, uh, talk that I had with my dad. I remember when we did have that talk, it was in his office, um, at ORU. And my it was just my dad and my brother and I, and I remember my brother and I just you know not not as much my brother just me at the time I think he was just re you know repeating himself to to Davis but I was hanging out with friends like after school and just kind of like you know not really taking it seriously like when it was time to practice you know I went all out uh, when it was time for those games I went out all out of course but. Um, when it was my freshman year, I kind of, he, when we had that talk, you know, he's like, if you really want this, like, if you really want to make a change in your life and you want to have success at the next level, you got to start making sacrifices. He's like, you're not going to like them, but I promise you at the end, you're going to thank me for it. Like, I will – and then, like, he was, you know, kind of getting into us, but he also at the end was like, I will do whatever it takes to help you guys. And I was like, all right, like, let's do it, you know. And so right after practice, whatever we had, um, even if it was football um, or basketball, football was mainly, like, you know – getting the lifts in and stuff like that afterwards, um, getting stronger. And then once it came like basketball time, uh, I'd have practice in basketball, but I'd go straight to the baseball field. And then, so I'm just going from <laughs> Bishop Kelly straight to RU. And we're working on the swing. We're working on ground balls. We're doing all that stuff. And, um, I think it got to my junior year where I, do you remember Billy Rona?
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So Billy and Rick, they started doing this thing um, with my dad, like on Sundays and Billy and I would work kind of throughout the week as well, but we'd be taking ground balls for legit two hours. And then, but also like doing drills and stuff like that. And, I couldn't tell you Bailey, how many, how many ground balls I took in high school, like it was repetition, 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 repetition. I, I mean, it was in that two hour period of time, I'm taking 300 ground balls, you know, it's just, and we had fun doing it. Like that was another thing. It was, we had a couple of guys that we worked with and it was a blast. And, uh, you know, like I said, I was fortunate to have that indoor uh, where we take ground balls, but we get we take ground balls and we go hit. We just work on the swing. And then uh, Dave Holiday, who's Josh, Josh's uncle, who my dad uh, played for, he was in Tulsa, and he, my dad absolutely admires and loves him, and he's got one of the greatest hitting minds uh, in the country. And so I'd work with him, and then also work with. The ORU guys, um, Ryan Neal and Ryan Fulmer uh, as well. So, you know, it was just continually just just putting the work in. And I will say it wasn't, I didn't really like lifting at that time. So I used all that time just to, you know, it's just baseball, just work baseball, ground balls, ground balls, throwing, hitting, hitting. Like it was just constant, constant. And then I started to realize that like, everybody, um, uh, like all my friends were like wondering what, what are, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? I was like, I'll just meet you guys up later. I'll just meet with you guys up later. And I, that's what I did. I just made sure I put my work in. And then once it was done, I felt good about myself. And I just meet up, I meet up with my friends later. So it's just, you know, no when to like it was just finding that I found that like time, time management time where, Okay, I can you know hang out with my friends during this time, but let's make sure I can put this work in, so I feel confident um going into the season or going to the next game, and then I can have free time do whatever,
0: yeah, and there's a lot of lessons in that, but I think one that that sticks out to me is you talk about no matter what you did, you're gonna work really hard at it, so when you're playing a game before even before you had that talk with your dad, you were gonna give it hundred percent right, all in yeah. And that's one thing I absolutely remember about you, you know, being a little guy, a little bit younger. Remember he'd come in, you come in and, and uh, you'd be going hard, you know, like, yeah, yeah absolutely. he's going hard. Absolutely. And, and, and that's something that I hope, you know, for me too, I, I hope that mindset was still for my parents and I may not have been the best player, but I wanted to always go hard yeah. um, no matter what. Right. Yeah. And so one of the things though, you're talking about is that it's that is important. That's really important to do that whenever you're playing whatever you're doing, go, go very hard at it. But there is preparation behind the scenes to be the best and to get to the level that you want to get at. You have to, you know, set some things aside. So specifically in high school, maybe that social life, you know, has to take a little bit of a backseat or you just have to prioritize in the right way. you like, you're talking about via time yeah. management, but you put in tons and tons of hours behind the scenes, working, working. I mean, and after you play, you have basketball and you're practicing basketball, you're pretty worn out by then, right? Yeah, absolutely. So then yeah, then you're going absolutely. over to, to, to get, uh, get ground balls and it's just constant, constant work behind the scenes that no one thinks about. But in reality, you have to have to sacrifice, like you're talking about, to get to where you want to go and you have to be willing yeah. to put in the work to do it. And you did absolutely.
1: that. Absolutely. And I will say this, like, if I, had, if I wasn't having fun doing it or if I didn't enjoy it, you know, it was probably, let's try, let's do something else, you know, yeah. but like, I had great people around me. I, I truly enjoyed like taking those extra ground balls. I enjoyed hitting in the cage. Like that's all I wanted to do. So for like kids out there or stuff like that, like that will, that'll help you realize if you really love this game, or this is really something you want to do. If you want to put two hours of your day and one hour taking ground balls, one hour of hitting, and you didn't enjoy it at all, it's probably not for you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, but if you can truly enjoy it and like you have a great time doing it, it's like, all right, like, this is what I want to do. And then not only after you put that work in for me, once I go in a game, I I'm confident as hell. Like, I'm just, I'm ready to go. So I definitely, you definitely learn a lot about just kind of taking that approach to it and just, um, you kind of just like realize what you're doing, you know, next Mm. thing you know, you feel something as you're taking a ground ball, you feel something while you're hitting Then Boom. It's like, okay, I'm going to take that in the game. And so, um, Everybody talks about it. Just put in the work, put in the work, put in the work. But um, if you, if you have good people around you, like I've always told people that if you have good people around you, good things are going to happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's so, so good you point out that you enjoy doing it because it makes a big difference. But secondly too, is putting in the work, but putting in the work with intention and uh, doing it with diligence too, because a lot of people can put in the work. um, But there's no real, like, it's just kind of going through the motions, right? Yeah. But when you're intentional about it, you're getting better. And obviously, one of the patterns that we've seen, you know, throughout the podcast, the people we've had on throughout life, the people that succeed, have, have you have to be confident in yourself yeah. and your abilities. But confidence comes from the preparation that you put in, the work you put in, way before you get to the moment that you're in, you know?
1: Yeah. And I will say this as well, like like you're talking about right now, is when you're putting that work in and like you said, the intention towards it, um, you gotta, you gotta be able to feel uncomfortable. Um, and people kind of don't understand that. And it's like, well, if you cont- if you're taking a ground ball or whatever, and you're still like, you get getting it too early or whatever, you don't feel, um, a certain way and that you're still kind of having trouble, like, maybe feeling the backhand or whatever let's say that like you're having trouble feeling the backhand and you don't know what it is or whatever and coach is trying to like tell you or something like that feel this feel that like go above and beyond of that what he's trying to say like it's okay to completely miss a ball while you're putting the work you know what yeah I'm saying? It's just like and you you don't really realize like me i'll get frustrated because it's just i'm so competitive and it's just like I can get pissed off all the time, you know? And it's like, (laughs) it's okay if I make that mistake. And because I'm being intentional, like you're saying, I'm doing it with intent. And it's okay to make that slight mistake because then once you do make the adjustment on the back end, hey, stick your, you know, stick your head behind the, behind your glove, or get your back foot lined up with the ball, you know? And once you make it, and you make that play you, you'll you feel it you start to feel that play or when you're hitting it's like you know feel more of your in your top hand or um get a little i want you to get a little bigger bigger leg kick or whatever like have fun doing it like just stick your leg way up in the air you know <laughs> just like try to feel something completely different yeah um so you're allowed You're you allow yourself to make the adjustment people are they don't allow themselves to make the adjustment. And I feel like that's what I see with college guys. And, you know, luckily I had my dad to where he, he is like picking everybody's brain throughout baseball and he's just gaining information and he's telling me all this stuff. And so you know, I work with him every day, we talk every day. And so when we're working together in the off season, it's like, at first when I was younger, he would tell me to do something and it's like I wasn't allowing myself to make the adjustment. He's, and he goes, just have fun with it. I don't care if you swing and miss. Like he would tell me that all the time. I don't care if you swing and miss. I, I don't care if you miss hit this ball. Just do it for me. And I'm like, all right, you know, do it. And the next, you know, you just, I smoke when I'm like, Whoa, and he's like, all right, you know, there it is. And so and allowing yourself to make the adjustment and, deal with failure and stuff like that. I think that's so huge when you're putting in the work, you know, put in the work and allow yourself to fail and then make the adjustment.
0: Yeah, no, that's so good. And it is so true because really anybody, we all want to be in a, in our comfort, comfort level in our comfort zone. Right. Yeah. But in order for us to grow, we have to break that down and try new things. And, uh, and we're going to fail at times, but it's that, the after effect where you learn from it and adjust and move forward and get better each time. But yeah. like you said, having those opportunities where you try new things and being intentional about doing that and you, yeah, you might fail, but make the adjustment and get better. Right. It's always yeah. a constant like growth, right?
1: Yeah. Kyle Seeger talks about all the time. He's like, you want to be, would you rather be comfortable going back to the dugout? Every <laughs> time or be uncomfortable and stand on second base. So it's like, no, I feel you. I, I'd rather yeah. be uncomfortable up <laughs> to the plate and then, you know, get that double. And then instead of walking back to die out, cause I want to feel a certain way, you know?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit going back to high school. And as you move into college, how did you wind up at Oklahoma state and where were you looking at in the recruiting process? Um, obviously though are you.
1: Yeah. So um, my dad encouraged me to take all my visits, uh, which was awesome. And he told me, hey, you got to figure this thing out for yourself. Like, you know, I'll help you a little bit here and there. But this is this is you. This is all about you. And so I took my visits to uh, Arkansas, Baylor, Kansas, Missouri, um, you know, and Baylor. And, uh, you know, Baylor was number one in the country that that time my senior year. They were recruiting me pretty. Uh, pretty hard and I was like you know that's definitely one of my my top ones and because I wanted like everybody else I mean that's who I was I just wanted to play against the best I just wanted to see how I was against the best and um, so Baylor was there Um, and then of course ORU uh, and then uh, Arkansas because uh, you know, playing in that environment, and, you know, they were always winning as well. And so, but it came down to it where my senior year, I was always at the field again, hanging out with those guys, and they knew um, my situation. But ORU, they're making regional every year, and they were winning, and they're playing all the good teams in midweek and early on in the season. And so, um, It it basically came down to, when I went to all my visits and I came back to ORU, where was I gonna get the best? Um where, where was I gonna get the like my best performance, like get all my, you know, best attributes out of my, you know, uh, progression. And so uh and that was just ORU and I got along with those guys and but we also knew that Oklahoma State job was opening up and it <clears throat> was something the team and coaches staff and knew that my dad would you know was definitely wanting and so he put his name in and then um then of course he didn't have Josh got it and then the athletic director and Josh thought it'd be a great idea to have him on staff and you know um he went over there and they got him as a pitching coach and like I remember I was in summer ball leading up to my freshman year of college and all this stuff was happening. So Josh got the job and uh, I walked into the house and my mom and dad were sitting there and they're like, hey, like, yeah, I'm going to take the pitching coach job at Oklahoma State. And I was like, oh, okay, nice. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, that's solid. And I was like, what do you think? I'm like, that's, that's awesome. And it was weird because we kind of like left that death. <laughs> and I was like up in my room. I was like, oh. I think maybe I'm probably still going over a year or whatever. Cause you know, I don't <laughs> know if Josh wants me over there. Uh-huh. And the next day, uh, I guess Josh called him or whatever. And uh, we're in the driveway of the house. And he's like, Hey, Josh wants you to come as well. And I was like, you for real? And he's like, yeah, he's, he's seen you play a couple of times and he wants you on his team. And I was like, well, what do you think? What you wanna do this? <laughs> you know, and he's like
0: No, you need to you need to stay over there. <laughs> he's, like, he's
1: like he's like, Let's let's make this happen, you know. And uh you know, I was fortunate those guys at ORU, they understood and we played against them and I was still friends with a lot of those guys and Jose Trevino who's with the Rangers. Um, you know, I was gonna be his roommate <laughs> that next year and so uh no, it was it was crazy how it worked out and I remember my sophomore year, we were on a roll. Um, we won a lot of games and my dad like pulled me over to the side. He was like, hey, I think we made the right decision, you know, right here. And I was like, yeah. yeah so we did." This? Yeah, we did. Absolutely. And I remember going in that my freshman year, my mom driving around campus. I'm like, mom, like, what? Like, this is nuts. Like, this is crazy. It's like, I'm not going to say anything to anybody for the first, like, you know, three weeks. I'm I don't know how these guys are going to react, you know, coach's son and stuff like that. And I remember she's like, it's all going to, it's all going to work out. You just keep doing your thing, keep your head on straight, you know, put the work in like you've been doing your whole life. They're going to respect you and and it's going to work out. She always says it's going to work out. Just keep your head down and, um Keep focusing on what you want to do, and I remember I I walked in I was cool with the freshmen, and I every time we're at the field I gave it a hundred percent like BP and we're taking live reads I'm diving for balls I'm I'm just I'm doing everything I can to just gain some respect going as hard as I can in the weight room my knees at the time I don't know if you remember they were so banged up I could barely run and so. You know when we had sprints and stuff like that, I wanted to do it, whatever. But the trainer was not allowing me to go as as fast or or go as hard as the other guys, so I felt like down and stuff like that. But I, I didn't say a word in the locker room for like three weeks, four weeks. I didn't. I just put really? my head down and I just uh-huh. did whatever. And I remember, you know, we had a team gathering, and two upperclassmen uh, came up to me and I was like, "Hey." You can relax. Like we know you're not here just because your dad, like we know you're a good player. We want you to relax. We want you to enjoy it. And so I was, that was the biggest thing. I think I was just like weight lifted off my shoulders and I uh, was able to be myself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things too that I want to touch on is that as you're going into this new experience, like you had everything kind of set up to where you kind of knew the guys at ORU, you knew where you are going, you kind of had everything kind of planned out, right? And then all of a sudden yeah. this happens and it's a new opportunity presents itself, get to go to Oklahoma State. Well, that's a whole new experience, right? Yeah. And you talked about being with your mom at campus and, and some of the feelings that you had, you know, you didn't want to be seen as somebody who just was given a, an opportunity just because his dad was on staff too. Yeah. So we all, there's things that we deal with. I mean, you put in the works, so you have the confidence, right? But there's always these things, these little things that make us think about Um, you know what are these guys going to think of me as you know the coach's son and whatnot but you came in and you led by example uh just because I mean you were that type of person anyway but you knew that hey I'm going to earn respect by my work you know I don't have to say anything but my work's going to prove that that I'm 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 ready and willing to be here and obviously that was seen, right
1: yeah absolutely and uh I mean I'll be the first one to tell you I was nervous as can be like You know, people always ask me, do you ever have nerves or anything like that? I'm like, absolutely. Like, um, and some of those are good nerves and, um, you just gotta like, enjoy it. You know, you're going to have tough times and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a struggle for me early on just because of my knees and I wasn't able to be at my best, but I was still, um, able to have a good fall. And that freshman year, and I was able to um, still kind of, uh, you know, have a little bit of success. And then I had the the knee surgery during Thanksgiving on both my knees. And then once those kind of recovered and um, rehab those and was able to kind of like start to feel like I felt like I was in high school, um, again, way more confidence. Um and uh, allowed me to have um, success once going into uh, the season that year, my freshman year. But um, yeah, that's honestly, y'all, all I wanted to do was gain the respect. That's my freshman year. I just wanted to gain respect from the guys, and um, I do. I just want to do whatever I could. That was my mindset. Do whatever I could just, just to help the team win. Like I could care less about my. <laughs> my own success honestly because I just wanted to gain that respect from those guys so much because being a coach's son and um but yeah there's definitely some ups and downs in that road and uh, I can remember I couldn't I could barely move um at second base and I all all I was thinking about oh what do these guys think like I can I can barely feel the ground ball right now and Get, barely moved to my left and right, and like all those thoughts, I'm like, you know, it's like, golly, why can't I get back to myself, my regular self, and stuff like that? And, um, and you know, like I said early on, it's, I had good people around me. I had great teammates, um, Corey Hassel, who's one of my closest friends. Um, you know, he was always, he wasn't afraid to have a tough, tough conversation. So when I had these thoughts, or I, you know, I'd open up to them and stuff like that. It's like, dude, forget about that. You know, just keep, keep doing your thing. Keep doing your thing. We we know, we know you're good and all this stuff, all that, you know, your knee's going to get better, all this stuff. And I was like, all right, like, you know, I'll just listen to what he says and stuff like that. Of course I had um, a great staff at OSU as well to help me too.
0: Yeah. And that's so important having people around you. To help uh first off they see something in you as, as not just as a friend too they see something in you and uh, they you know they speak what they see so right he was sitting there telling you hey you got what it takes encouraging you just that encouragement is needed sometimes for all yeah. of us right yeah just absolutely. to vent through things and and uh keep focused on the places that we want to to get to and obviously um you know you're at oklahoma state coach holiday just taking over so you guys are, are kind of starting to try to build a culture there well you had great teammates you talked about. Who else were some guys that really helped? Maybe they were upperclassmen that kind of, like, uh, allowed you to see, like, okay, I, I, can, do, I can do it here.
1: Yeah. Um, right off the top, my freshman year, I, I swear, like, <laughs> my dad had to say something to him. But uh, he was a senior, Victor Romero. Uh, he's there right now working with the team. And um, I remember telling this to – guys, my, my senior year there, like, I was like, Victor Romero helped me so much my freshman year because, like, he saw it in me, like, I, I knew I was, salt, like, a solid player, but he knew I could be, you know, even better, and that guy encouraged me, like, every step away, so I was, I'm a freshman playing second base, and, you know, he knew that I was, you know, had some nerves going and he knew that I wanted it. Like I, I I, wanted to have success. I wanted to do things for the team. And he knew that I was, you know, I, w- I was going to lay down the plan. I was going to do whatever it, whatever it took. And he always would just be like in my face, like you the man, like just encouraging words. Like you're the man. He's like, you're the best out here. You know, he's like, nobody can play defense like you. He's like, He's like, nobody can get you out. You're the man. He always kept saying, you're the man, you're the man. I was like, God, Lee, like, that feels good. You know, uh-huh. that feels good. And so, No
0: wonder he's a coach. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. And I'm like, I was like, that helped me so much my freshman year. And like, I have that full, you know, just tell me that right before my bat or right before I go in the field. Like, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I am the man, you know, he's yeah. right or whatever. And so Victor O'Malley, he was, he was the best. And I mean, I saw what toughness was all about. He had, I think it was, like, seven stitches in his finger, like his glove hand, and uh, he was hitting. Like, they taped this, this bat for him to where, like, his top hand, it was, like, a big, like, foam grip, so it didn't, like, destroy his hand. So he's hitting with this, like, a uh, top hand bat kind of thing in the game. In and the he's, game. like – hitting home runs and doubles. And then, uh, that regional against in Louisville, he's playing with a torn meniscus and it's like, and he's like blocking balls, sliding, throwing people out. I'm like, I mean, good night. Like this guy, you know, he's, he's real deal, you know? Yeah. And so Victor Romero, he was an unbelievable teammate Gage green, uh, I think everybody who played at Oklahoma State would do anything for that guy. Um, he's another guy that just, it doesn't matter if you went 0 for 3, 3Ks, he's the first guy like right in front of the dugout just hyping you up. Like, just hyping you up and just going nuts for you and will run into the wall for anybody. Um, I mean, we were down a catcher and, we needed somebody behind the plate. He's like, I'll do it. It's like, he was just that guy, you know, in the weight room, like getting, that, getting into everybody. Like he wasn't afraid to have a tough conversation because he wanted to win. And um, I think that's what we talked about all the time at OSU was, you know, hey, we're here not to mess around. Like, you know, whatever happened in the past, with this program, it's in the past, like we're here to win. And Gage Green, Victor Romero, you know, my one of my good buddies, Corey Assel. I don't think those three guys right there, nobody wanted to win more than those three guys right there.
0: Yeah, so, absolutely. So you had this culture awesome. of uh, of guys that wanted to win and had this team first mentality. Um yeah. and so going into your sophomore year, I think what was it, you guys what it was uh I'm trying to think going back you had freshman year, what happened with you guys. And cause it, it just cont- can, it just continued to build right. Until yeah. you guys got to the college world series too. Um, yeah. but yeah, talk about maybe, you know, playing for your dad and, and having that environment as a coach, but also as your dad, what was that yeah. like?
1: So it was, it was cool. It was like, when we were at the field, it was like a friendship. And I started to see that more towards, you know, my sophomore year. Um, Cause I felt like he didn't really see me play at all until I got to college. It was always my grandpa taking me to games and everybody going to see my dad's games. So he didn't really see, he'd come to a c- couple games, but he didn't really actually see me play. So it was weird to have him there, yeah. honestly. And so I think my freshman year after he saw, you know, my highs and lows and saw that I could deal with it and kind of like overcome the the certain adversity that comes along with baseball and seeing me every day, um, I think we grew a bond of just more of a friendship and I was I was able to tell him whatever I was thinking uh, on the field and, uh, he would tell, he'd tell me straight up, whatever, you know, he'd tell me if, you know, Hey, I, I, I think you're, you know, you're really struggling or, you know, I think you're doing really well right now. He'd just be straight up with me. And I think that goes a long way. Just, you know, just be, I don't, And that's what, I, that's the kind of guy, if you think I'm terrible, tell me like, I'll, I'll change and I'll, make the, the adjustment or whatever <clears throat> so just being able to talk with him that way and then I think the, the blessing was all my teammates loved my dad and they loved working with my dad all the pitch, pitchers loved him um, and I think the cool part was he treated me like everybody else so you know he wasn't just getting on the pitchers or he was just not getting on everybody else. He was getting on me just like he was get on everybody else. And then he would encourage everybody the same way he encouraged me. And so, you know, I think that was awesome. And I'm so lucky to have him uh, not only as a father, but, you know, have him there every day to talk baseball. And he's the sole reason why where I'm at today and, uh, you know, he, he made it, he made it fun though. He made it like, you know, when it was time to work, let's let's go, but he made it fun um, as well. And uh, uh, having all those guys love my dad, loved working with them definitely took pressure off me as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, for those that don't know, you know, your dad is not just in baseball, one of the best coaches in general, right? So you have this opportunity that he's your dad and he's a great dad, but also, It's one of the best coaches around. So you have this opportunity to get to learn from him. Also talk about the other like coach holiday and some of the other guys on the coaching staff, like what were they doing? You know, what made them great coaches?
1: Josh is, uh, you know, he's an unbelievable person. Um, first off the unbelievable family, uh, and they, they have helped me a, a ton ever since I was at college and even now. And, uh, Um, I was able to relate to Josh because Josh played for his dad as well so I think that was pretty special and I had those conversations with him and you know he allowed me and my dad to just you know work he you know he'd throw his whatever advice he had for us and we'd absolutely take it and run with it and but he also allowed my dad and I you know to you know whatever we were thinking we'd run it by him and know, he let us know and so uh what he was thinking as well and just the communication part was was huge. And um Josh also was a switch hitter at that time or he was a switch hitter and I was a switch hitter at that time. And so I think that helped a lot. Just kinda like, hey, what are you thinking here? You know, right side. What were you thinking right side? What were you thinking left side? Just kinda having that that small talks and um so it definitely went a long way. And Josh is also one of the best, like, just, you know, uh, like, talk, like he can just he knows how to, like, talk to players, you know, like in the group environment. And he can, like, really, like, you can get locked in to what he's saying. So, um, you know, it, it was fun playing for him because um, nobody wants to win more than that guy as well. And uh, you know that's all we talked about. So um, he definitely instilled a winning environment still um, this day. It's from the first time we stepped in that uh, locker room, um, you know we're there to win, and so uh, that's that's what it's all about. You know that's what he played for, and also he talked about being a being a man as well. I think that you know, we have these conversations, uh, about baseball all the time, but during the fall after practice, you know, he has, you know, write letters. Nobody wrote, writes letters anymore. Right. And so he taught us how to write a letter and it'd be out to maybe one person that has helped you get to that point in college. Um, always write a letter to your mom. we always write a letter to mom. And then, um, you know, we also I forget what else he did, but all, always talked about how to be a man and, um, or growing up as a man. So, like in college, you know, you, you got all the, you know, parties, bars, all that stuff. And, you know, it, it's easy to get caught up into it. But um, he's, yeah, I think he's definitely helped a lot of guys. Um, grow up, mature, and, and, uh, you know, you see guys have success after baseball in different, you know, different jobs. So it's pretty special.
0: Yeah, and that's what it's about. So obviously, he instilled a great culture. You had some great leaders of the team, great environment. You guys had success. And obviously, you wound up uh, getting a chance to play in the College World Series, which is a huge, you know, tremendous experience as a college baseball player. What was that like? And was it one of those dreams you always had?
1: Yeah. Um, I remember, you know, we got to my first year, we got to Louisville, got to the championship in the, uh, Louisville Regional, lost. We got to, sophomore year, we went on an unbelievable run um, and then hosted a regional, won the regional, got to the super regional. And I remember we got this the super regional. We were so confident. And uh, Oregon State was number one in the country, and but they just lost u c Irvine, and we were watching it with like half half the team and everybody looked at each other like we're going like we're this is in the bag like we're we're going and i like at that time, I was like, absolutely, you know, but I feel like we got ahead of, ahead of ourselves a little bit uh-huh. and you know during game time, maybe try to do too much, um unfortunately lost in the super regional and then um, I junior year, it was kind of just like a roller coaster. A couple guys were hurt, come back. And then when we came back, we were hot, like just caught fire and, um, hosted our own regional. And it was the same thing. It was just like, we won the first game. And then it was just a couple bumps in the road and just the ball just didn't fall our way and come back my senior year and, you know, we were we started off terrible, terrible. <laughs> we lost like on four walk offs in a row, and I just remember thinking, I'm, I'm like, "Golly, like this is not how the you know senior year needs to you know go go on or whatever." <laughs> but I can kind of talking with those guys. I'm like, guys, hey, we're fine. Like you know, just just enjoy this. Like we just played. Five, six games, six games in the season. Like this thing can turn around quick, and it did. And uh, you know, we caught, we got fired, we we got hot like at the right time, just like baseball always. You know, is if you get hot at the right time, you'll have success. And you know, we got to the Big Twelve tournament and got our butts kicked. Like I think the second and third game got knocked out. And I think the best thing was we didn't we didn't host a regional. We went to we went somewhere else, yeah. and so I, was, I think everybody was just a little bit weight off our shoulders. We the to host, and we we're like, you know what? Let's just go win on somebody else's turf, and you know, everything was just clicking. Everything was clicking. Uh, offense, defense, pitching. Our pitching just was going berserk, and uh, you know, one at Clemson, one at South Carolina. And I think that's one of the best moments, sporting moments, baseball moments of my life is just uh, J.R. Davis caught a line drive to end the game, and I was just <laughs> – it was just something I never felt in my entire life. It was just getting over that hump, you know, just getting over that hump. And uh, it didn't really hit me until we we pulled up to the stadium and. Um, hitting BP at the time, and you do all the social media stuff, all the craziness, and I tell this to everybody, I was like, I was at shortstop, and we're playing UCSB, Shane Bieber's starting, and I remember we were out in the field, and I'm like, pat my glove, I'm like, this is, we're in Omaha, like, I never (laughs) even, I never even went as a kid, and so, it's packed, it's the first game, I'm like, planes flying over i'm like this is nuts so i just kept i was more i was nervous but i was like enjoying it i was like this is nuts like i'm just like i used to watch this on tv every uh, day every time every year and then boom balls smoked right at me i'm like oh and i'm like i like <laughs> somehow catch it and then throw it to first and it was like all right lock in like yeah was you know, <laughs> like in. hey lock time to lock in but uh it was yeah it's something I'll never get Truly, blessed, blessed to had that opportunity um, to play in there.
0: Yeah, incredible experience, obviously, but also too was the draft. The draft is before cultural series, or right? It just kind of right, right during or so uh,
1: super regional time.
0: Okay, yeah. So you got drafted right before as well. So what was that like to hear your name, you know, called to get drafted and and get a chance to play at the next level, even though you already, you know, you got drafted in high school, right? yeah so you had had that experience but you know now you're getting ready to have a chance to play at the at the highest level possible you're just about to to go play in the college world series like all this stuff is coming at one time talk about the feeling of just getting drafted
1: yeah it's it's something like i said before like in high school i was i just wanted to play college baseball and you know i i don't think i really knew like i knew i was a solid player but i didn't know You know it was like pro ball you know uh, ready and then I got drafted and I was like I remember my dad I was like hey you up yet (laughs) I was like because it was in the later rounds and I was like yeah I'm just about to eat a bowl of cereal or whatever he's like well the Mets are getting ready to draft you um he's like get on the computer I was like Get out of here, and he goes, yeah. He goes, I get ready, take you, let me know what you think or whatever. And I was like, all right, you know.
2: Let me finish
0: my bowl of cereal. <laughs> yeah, like,
1: yeah. Like, what's going on? And, and of course, you know, at that time, my knees were completely banged up, and I had to have surgery. And I was like, you know what? I I was 165 pounds at that time. Um, I I knew I needed to go to college. And then that was like uh, a time that's when it like kind of hit me. This is this is real. And so once I got to college, I just kind of went above and beyond of just I wanted to put all the extra work in. I wanted I wanted to leave a mark at Oklahoma State. I wanted I wanted to have I wanted to be successful, you know, I wanted to be one of the greatest at Oklahoma State. And it was just baseball, 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 baseball. It's, I could, honestly, I could care less about anything else. It was just baseball. And um, I wanted to get drafted high my junior year. And I remember going to Cape, Cape Cod League, for my junior year. And I just had a great sophomore year. And I was like, you know, if I do great here, uh, you know, I can get drafted high or whatever. You know, I started off solid. And then I hit the streak of going over for like 30. Oh really? Like I, I just got the, I just was just, you know, getting carved up, uh, and in, in the Cape Cod, and uh, I remember calling my dad. I'm like, you know, because it's the best guys in the country, right? And I've always wanted to play against the best, and that's when I really hit some adversity, um, in baseball, honestly, and so. I went through that streak, and I called my dad. I'm, like, I'm the worst player ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, and he just, you know, he's like, no, no, no. Like, he's just, like, kind of getting into me. He's like, no, you, you're just being soft right now. Like, he just was straight up with me. He's like, you're thinking too much. You was know, just going down. He's just – he was a coach and was a father towards the end. You know, it's like he was straight up with me. He's like, this is what you need to do, all this stuff. Just take it one time, one pitch at a time. Don't worry about the outcome um you know have a plan going in that day and whatever happens you can you're able to deal with it because you had a plan going in you had to approach all this stuff and and that definitely helped me um I also had a banged up elbow where I had bone chips in my elbow so um I had to leave the cape early but I think that was the best thing that ever had to happen to me was going through that, going through that o, o for 30 stretch, And know, was, was honestly carry over in the defense and I was just a whirlwind, you know? Um, and like I said, yeah, I, I tell it people all the time. That was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because I went back. I was like, all right, you know, I didn't go so well, but I've learned from it. Um, uh, Uh, I know what it takes, you know, and going into that junior year, I felt confident, felt ready to go. Honestly, it was the best ball I ever had, best I felt going into the season. And then I break my hand, I break my handmate first game, uh, Arizona State, and I was down, I was out for like three and a half weeks, come back, have a great junior year. And so I'm like, I'm still going to, you know, get a good chance, get drafted pretty high. Um, and the scouts at the time were saying, you know, the first eight rounds, first 10 rounds, I was like, yeah, i like, I'm ready to go. And my dad was like, well, go to the Cape, um, get a couple of bats and just, just in case if the draft doesn't go well, then you're there and you can play all summer. I was like, all right, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I'm looking at the, my phone, the whole way, traveling to uh, Boston, Massachusetts and, um. Uh, nothing nothing popping up nothing popping up no phone calls and 10th rounds over and I'm like what just happened you know and at this time I'm baseball 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 like this is my dream this is my this was my plan I'm playing three years whatever getting drafted all this stuff and so it did not work out and I'm like what just happened like you know it was that first time where, you know, I put all this work in, all this stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, you know, I see all these guys getting drafted in front of me. I'm like, what is going on, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, that was one of those things where you got to, like, go back to you can only control what you can control. And uh, I remember, you know, my dad, we we're having a talk, and he was like, because a couple teams, a bunch of teams in 11th round wanted to offer me, and he's like, listen here. He's like, if you go back your senior year, and how, how, he's like, if you go back your senior year, how do you, how do you think you're going to do? I was like, I'm going to dominate. Like, oh, it's my fourth year there. He's like, I think so too. He goes, if you go back, have a good year, you'll get probably drafted even in the earlier rounds, um, just kind of how that will be works. And then probably get, Offered the same amount or whatever. I was like, and then you get to finish school. I was like, oh, that sounds pretty good. He goes, sounds pretty good to me as well, you know. <laughs> and he goes, you know, you're gonna have a good season. This thing's gonna work out. You know, you're gonna get drafted again. And having that encouragement was definitely helped. And I was bummed out for a couple of weeks, but I enjoyed, you know, telling Josh I was coming back. I enjoyed telling my te- teammates I was coming back. And then I got drafted uh, anyways by the Brewers and because they wanted to see if they can, you know, offer me a certain amount. And I was just, you know, hey, I'm going back my senior year. And I think that hit me right there when that draft didn't work out as well as it did. I could I was like, you know what, I better start enjoying this a little bit more than just kind of just putting all this pressure on myself to have this success. So I went back to the Cape and had some of the best times of my life, had the best summer of my life and really started just enjoying the game. Um, you know, I didn't really set any goals. Uh, it was just go out there, have a plan, um, play to win and enjoy it. And that mindset definitely helped, uh, going into my senior year. Um, you know, that year in the Cape, we won it. Like, we won the whole thing. Come back my senior year, we go to Omaha. And then I get drafted at that time um, in the fifth round during the, you know, super regional. And honestly, I didn't think about the draft at all. I, I, I tell that to everybody. I go, I just want to win. I just want to enjoy this year. And I want to I help this team get to Omaha. And so it was crazy how it worked out. I still like, thank God every day. I'm like, Oh my gosh. You know, like <laughs> that was the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, I stopped worrying, you know, some put so much pressure on myself, just actually enjoyed my senior year and, uh, you know, getting drafted, uh, you know, we were playing or we were getting ready to play South Carolina. We were practicing and, um, uh, You know, I just had the teams call my dad and my agent. So, my dad uh, got the call and one of our catchers, freshman, Colin Simpson, he's running from the bullpen and he just screams it out (laughs) or he tells somebody. And then it was my roommate, David Petrino, and he just screamed it out and everybody stopped practice. And it was was a pretty special moment. And, uh, you know, know, this is what you dream about, you know, and this was finally the time, like, I'm actually going to go. So, uh, it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing too, obviously you're team first guy, so you you wouldn't say this, but in the, uh, in the Cape the next year, when you guys won it, you were MVP of the Cape, right?
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah. It was another thing where I was just like, Oh my gosh, like, never expect us to have after the year I had before. You know, exactly. For over 30, so. Well,
0: that's, that's my point there. You have this year is you said it was probably one of the most challenging for you as a, as a baseball player, you're playing against the, the best of the best in the Cape up there in the summer and you get to come back the next year you win with your team, the championship, and then you get the MVP. And then obviously you were just having fun. You're focused on the moment being present. And then you have a tremendous senior year uh, you get drafted. Uh, so just an incredible experience about just, you know, staying focused and keep just next step, next step, keep going. Yeah. And, and and one of the things too, you get drafted by the Mariners. And so I do want to touch on a little bit, just, you know, being in the minor leagues, uh, as you're working your way up, what was that like? Just because you, you go from, you go from playing in the cultural series it doesn't stop, you know, it, you just yeah. continue to go. What was that like?
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's uh another thing where you better you better love it. You better love a game of baseball because if you don't, it's gonna it's gonna wear you out. And uh you're playing every day, you start to realize the grind part of it. Um and you know, going I remember going my first spring training and you seeing Robertson you just start seeing it, you know, my dad's like, Don't let it hit you don't let it like you know don't let it be like eye-opening for you or whatever just they're just a guy just like you they're a player just like you and I'll be honest I was just like Robinson Camel I imitated his swing I've watched film on him a thousand times and so when I saw him I was just like oh my gosh you know And then you see yeah. each you see each row and you're like what is going on Nelson yeah. Cruz King Felix and I was just like kind of like like happy to be there got kind of guy you know and you uh-huh. kind of lose track of you know your goals or you know and you're just like holy cow you know and it's easy that it's just, it's like amazing how easy you can lose focus of just like oh my gosh just like kind of just enjoying to be there yeah and that's I'll be honest that's how it was and when I would get called up to like back up those big league games um and just super nervous. I remember <laughs> I remember I get called called up to back up one of the spring training games and where they're playing the Cubs. And you know how the Cubs are, the Cubs fans, like they're gonna be sold out every time, right? And I just got done playing in Omaha like a year, uh a year a uh, year ago. And so, but the Cubs just want it. And I walk out of this locker room. <laughs> And it's Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, um, all these guys, uh, Schwarber. I'm walking right next to him. So when we hit the field, actually, the crowd just goes berserk. And I'm like, I remember to hold my stuff. I'm like, scratch my head. I'm like, what am I doing here right now? I didn't. I like, that was one of the things. I was like, I do not belong here right now. And. That was, I was even after playing in Omaha, I was just like, this is wild. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, that's when I, that was one of the moments where I've never been so nervous, you know, stepping on the field. And like, you're just like, I remember I was like, kind of like (laughs) shaken at the play. And like, (sighs) trying to take these deep breaths. I'm like, oh my gosh. And, uh, but they continue to like, just call you up and like, get through that experience because they know like it's necessary yeah it's necessary like the more and more experience you get up there and the more comfortable you'll be so they know you're gonna fail and they know you're gonna go through some ups and downs and see if you can able to relax up there and so um i did okay you know my first spring training but like when we were in the backfield i felt like my normal self you know and uh I go through my first year pro ball. I break my hand halfway through. I'm hitting like 235, 240 at the time. And I come back and this is when I first made the change to just hitting left-handed. The organization came down and you know we think it'd be best if you be just, you know, quickest way to big leagues for you, I think if you stay on the left side and you can always go back, it doesn't work out, whatever. And My dad and I had a conversation, you know, thought it was worth a try and we did it and come back. And when I was going through that rehab, there was two lefty rehabs guys throwing bullpens. So I just stood in, um, came back, you know, finished, finished well, finished um, solid. And I remember, you know, that off season and like going through it and I was like, is this like, because you, you play every day, you know, you're, this is a five month deal. Yeah. And I remember like, God, oh, like, I didn't know it was going to be like this, you know, and just, you are know, like, is this something I really want to do? You know, like, you it, it goes through your head because like, you know, you can go through some streaks than pro ball where you're like, Oh, for 15 and you haven't got a hit in like three days or whatever. And yeah. like, what? it's a grind. Like going. It's, it's crazy. And, I remember I was like, you know, you just worked your tail off, you know, to get to this point. And, you know, I remember ha- like thinking like that. And I'm like, come on, like snap out of it, you know, whatever. But it's real. Like people have those con- like conversations with themselves. And I think at that point I was just like, you know what, you know, I'm going to do this thing. Like, just like I've done my whole life. Like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I got one shot at this thing, you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, but you know what? I'm going to just give it my all do whatever I can. And, uh, you know, like I said, whatever happens, happens and go out that next year, have a good first half. And then, uh, I get called at the double A and, Another time where whole – like, I started off hot. I was like, oh, double I, I got this. You know, I I got this. You know, I was first two weeks going berserk. And then hit another streak like I did in Cape. And I'll be honest, I had that uh, – forgot what it felt like. Um, started thinking the same things. I'm like, I'm over this, dude. Like, you know, you're just – you're in it, you know. Mm-hmm. You feel like – every time you go out to play, you're just like oh, – please don't be hit, like whatever <laughs> you know and I think it was another one of those things that kind of just helped me hey you've been through this before like you know it's going to take some time and it's one of those things like you know screw it moments like whatever happens happens deal with it and you know I didn't finish double a like I like I wanted to but I finished solid um You know, I think I had to gain a little respect from the guys, just, you know, keep grinding through it, keep grinding through it. I didn't let it affect my defense. And um, I saw – I definitely learned, you know, because double A, I think that's like the – that's the level where you kind of – you kind of see who guys can figure it out or not. And I definitely – that just one half of double A, learn how guys are going to pitch you a certain way and stuff like that. And you start to watch film, break down, all this stuff. and You know, how guys are pitching me and all that. And uh, come back that next year, and it was another <laughs> another adversity hit. I started off the season 0 for 18. <laughs> I was like, no, like, this is, the, this is, like, the biggest year of my life, right? And another is just – it kept, like, when I go through those moments, like, all right, like, stop. You know, it was putting too much pressure on. You want the success, 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 success. And it's like, let the game, just like let the game come to to you and just make the adjustment, take it one game at a time, one bat at a time, and everything's going to work out. And then, boom, just, you know, something clicked. And um, that, towards that end of the year, 19 is when I got called up, and it's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Well that's that's what I want to touch on is that throughout your time in the minors, like there's things where you go through these little little streaks, right? Mm-hmm. Of you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But when you go through that, you're sitting there and you think about like there's some and this doesn't happen just in baseball, this happens in life and, and business and coaching, all, all this different stuff. There's mm-hmm. points where people get to it because it can be a grind. Not everything's yeah. easy. Yeah. Any, anything worthwhile is uphill, right? That's yeah. John Maxwell, and that's so true. But to have uh, the ability to look at it as an opportunity first and foremost, but to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to make the adjustment. I'm going to keep taking the next step forward. I'm going to enjoy the moment, try to have fun in it, even though it might suck. But yeah. I'm going to keep working and keep improving, and not letting those things be a hindrance. You know, because yeah. they easily can. And yeah. it's just a that that mental mindset. And real quick, I do want to talk to you about that. Like, what is mentally, as you prepare, as you work through that stuff, you know, you touched on a little bit, but what are you thinking through to get out of those little funks?
1: You know, I, I've, you start to just talk to the teammates and what they think, and you, you listen. To, I used to just kind of listen to interviews with like Jeter, or some of my favorite players. Um, you know, Jeter talked about it at one point where he was like, I'm never in a slump or something like that. He's like, well, if I'm in a slump, people talk, I'm over 10 0 for 12. He goes, I get more confident. I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> like, he goes, yeah, if I, I, you know, you know, if I'm over 12, I go for over for 13. I get more confident. I am I get, you know, I'm over 14, get more confident. He's like, cause I know I'm going to get a hit sooner or later. And he just kind of, that's how he thought. And I was like, Whoa, you know it's like i'm, I'm going up there like oh, please let me. <laughs> and he's going up there he's like oh I'm, I'm about to get a hit soon you know it's mm-hmm. just that little quick trigger and it's like <clears throat> you know the one the time i had adversity in cape it was more it was like i was you got to be honest with yourself you know you got to be real with yourself and I was soft. I was, I was soft. I, I was like, poor me, you know, this is not going how I thought. And I didn't, I, I didn't realize what I was doing wrong. I just kept going up there and doing the same crap, you know, it's like, yeah. and I would just get worried about the outcome. Um, and then when it happened in double A, I, I don't. I think I was trying to make an adjustment, um, but then I was just because I'm one of those guys. I'm just like I said. I'm over competitive, where I just, you know, I look at the picture. And I'm like, oh, there's no chance he can get me out or whatever. And it was, um, it was a thing where I I had to realize I really want this, but you know. It wasn't like a mechanical thing or something like that. It was like more learning about it, the game and like learning about pitchers and like it's just just a, like a I don't know. It was just I I think I thought I knew a lot about the game at that point, but I still had a ton to you know to realize about and learn about and um and then I think when I went through the O for 18 stretch. And when I came back that next season, um, it was another point of like, like I said, it was just, I think I, I just wanted it so bad, I wanted it so bad. And um, yeah, I had to make a slight adjustment, but when you go back to the time or to where you got to realize that you're in that state of mind where you're like, I want this so bad, I want it so bad. I remember a teammate of mine, Aaron Knapp, and AA, double that year 19, he would always ask me, Where's your care level at? I'm like, What are you talking about? He goes, Your care, your care level right now is way too high. I'm like, Yeah, he's like, I he's like, I should be dominating, honestly. he goes, I I know. He goes, but you see how wound up you are like right now? He's like, you you need to care less. I'm like, care less, what are you even talking about? Like care less, you know? <laughs> he's like, you need to, you need to just not worry so much. And like, he's like, go up there and just like who gives a crap? Like, you know, like who cares if you strike out on three pitches and stuff like that? And I think that was that helped a lot. And then and it was just, you know, going back to enjoying it, like. And it, baseball is a lot like life, like baseball, like it's a failure game, right? You fail in seven out of 10, best guys in the world fail seven out of 10 times. And so, you know, it's and playing every day and trying to make that adjustment day to day, uh, it can just wear you out. Like it can just mentally wear you out. And so if you don't, you know, realize what you're doing and the opportunity you have, like you're playing pro ball, um, you're playing against the best guys in the world. And, and if you don't enjoy it and you're just coming to the field, just grinding, 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 um, you can just beat yourself up. And so more, I just was like, all right, I have this plan. You know, I have an approach going to this game. I did all I could before this game. I did, I put all the work in, I have a plan. I have approached when I go up to play, you know, I put the work in on defense. Now go play. Like you can't, you can't worry about the outcome. You can't worry about any of that. Oh, you already put the work in. Now you just go play. And, you know, if you think like that, kind of everything kind of takes care of itself. Um, Because you see these guys on TV, like Cunha, and, you know, Soto and they're just they, and Tatis and they're like, like do they make this game look so easy you know it's just like you want that you want that you want that and it's just like you put that I want I want I want into your mind you can you can fall in a deep hole real quick
0: yeah absolutely well and, and that's that's so good too because it's so tough to really really want something so bad yet kind of not let it overtake you Right, yeah because um, you can fall in a deep hole like you're talking about, so it's so important having that mindset to to really be disciplined to stay focused and, and going back actually to to your story, one thing that's really important, I think for people in in sports and life, whatever it might be, is you knew what you wanted, right, yeah, like you knew you knew what it took, you knew what you wanted, then you put in the work to go do it, so all these all these ups and downs are part of the process to get to the point you want to get to. But at the same time, it's got to be fun. Like you got to enjoy the moment because it's cool for you to say now. Oh yeah. Now, now I'm in the major leagues, but I didn't really enjoy any of the time that I had before with all these different teams and all these different guys and the experience of putting in the hours back when I was in middle school and high school, you know, like it's, it's important to enjoy each moment as we get it. Yeah. And if we're so focused on like getting to the point we want to get to that we're we hang on so tightly, and it allows us not to succeed. There's you know, there's no point to that, right?
1: Yeah, and, you, you can make yourself go crazy. You yeah. Make yourself go crazy because it's all, I want this, I want this, I want this. And then you kind of just lose track of like, you know, I look back those first couple of years, um, definitely my junior year uh college, and I felt like that whole year, it was just like, I want, I want, I want this, I want that. And like, you know, you can... You can get lost in it real quick, and then you kind of look back and like, wow, you know, I wish I enjoyed it more. You know, I wish I, I wish I didn't put so much pressure on myself, and I, you know, enjoyed the game more. You know, and uh, you know, it's it, it can be scary because you can you can see it in guys, and you know, luckily I had a teammate who's like, you know, ask me one day, well, "Where's your care level at?" <laughs> and I'm like
2: yeah i love that
1: what are you you talking like what are you talking about it's like dude enjoy it like enjoy it and it's 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 crazy when like life hits you like that and um but it's it's a blessing honestly
0: yeah one thing you talked about too when you get to the majors or when you got to that spring training for the first year ever and you're around Ichiro and all these different guys that you've watched for a long time right um your, your dad talked about how, you know, don't, don't let that affect you. And they're just people too. And that's, that's one thing that I've learned being athletics is there's guys that I looked at on a pedestal, right? Because these mm-hmm. are the guys, these are the coaches or whoever that I admired. But then as you get to know them, you're like, okay, well, yeah, we're all, we're all just people right mm-hmm. now. Granted. Yeah. they are people where you want to be at, but at the same time we're all people. And so I think that in a sense is, is such a great point to think about in life, but also too. um, you know, just because they're in this position doesn't mean they're that much different than you. Like, they still no. deal, dealt with the same issues you're talking about from back when you were trying to work exactly. through things. Exactly. But they just continue to press on, continue to do the work each day, like you're talking about. And then that allowed them to get to where they are today.
1: Yeah, and you can get ignorant yourself thinking like, oh, they never been through any adversity. And They're, they're just you know, different, whatever. yeah. They're, yeah, they're just different, you know? And and I remember Robin Ventura was like, I went through he's like I went through an 0 for 40 stretch yeah. in pro, like and I'm like what <laughs> like Robin Ventura? Uh-huh. You went oh for and I was like yeah and he's like and still wound up hitting like 280 that year and you know and you just you start to realize everybody's everybody's going through something, you know, everybody's gone through something. And like my issue that my time in the Cape that I went through. Like, I thought nobody went through that, you know? Like, and you can get lost in it just focusing on your, you know, yourself and just poor me and all this stuff. And, like, you got to realize, you know, the guys the guys talking about all the time, like the guys I've talked to who've played a, long, a lot of years in the big leagues, are like, you, you have to go through something like that. You know, you have to go through some of that big adversity, that hump, because that's when you kind of really find who you are who mm-hmm. you are and are you able to overcome that adversity you know yeah mentally mentally are you over are you gonna are you gonna just sit here for me this whole time Or are you gonna are you know figure it out and um I think that's what I've learned you know going through those those issues and I go through those sums. it's like now it's like okay you know I'm writing stuff in my notes I felt this I felt that I felt this adjustment I felt that and now it's not. Oh, poor me, it's like, OK, now I can't I can't wait to get to the cage to fix this. You know, I know what it is. All right. I'm, you know, 0 for 10. Oh, I see what I'm doing. I'm starting on. I'm not starting on time. All right. You know, I'm too open in my stance. Like, oh, can't wait. I couldn't. I, you know, now that's like the enjoyment. Oh, I can't wait to figure this out. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, that's, I think, what I've learned through going through those those bumps in a row.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and it's so funny. You probably don't think about this, but there's probably plenty of guys that are looking at you, thinking, "Oh man," but it's Donnie Walton. Like he didn't go through that stuff, yeah.
1: you know. So <laughs> yeah. we all we all go through it. It's just yeah, funny how balls, that all turns around.
0: Yeah. Um. One thing, you know, you talked about. You got called up 2019, right? What was that experience like for you And you get to that level? Now you're around these guys. Now you're in the stadium in the, in the regular season. You're like, man, this is you made it. But at the same time, like, how do you? enjoy that moment but not get too like uh okay with where you're at and and continue to like move forward right
1: yeah yeah absolutely um i was talking to this to people the other day and you know those times when you get called up in those spring training moments and you play and you back up those big league games those definitely help um they definitely help a lot because then you're, you're playing against those guys and you're playing in a big league game um it's just preseason, and then um I've been through a couple of spring trainings already, and I've got to meet uh, the guys that are in the big leagues, like Seager and D. Gordon at the time. And, uh, you know, um, it was able to just, you know, chit-chat with those guys in the dugout. And then when I got called up, a couple of my teammates and buddies that I've worked out with, they were up in the big leagues already. So it was like I was familiar with the clubhouse and the comfortability. And then I got called up with three guys, Kyle Lewis, Justin Dunn and Art One. And um I played with Kyle Lewis and Art One the last three years. So it was really special going up with them. And you know, I I remember with the flight there, I just kept asking those guys, on oh, this is not happening. There's no change <laughs> like this. No, what are we doing right now? What are we doing? I think I asked that question about 50 times and uh didn't hit me until we got in that locker room. And, um, you know D Gordon and Seager. They, I I couldn't ask for better guys to just kind of show me the way. And uh, that first game, uh, I wasn't starting, but Kyle Lewis was starting, and he's I mean he's a unicorn. He's unbelievable. You know he's <laughs> just, he's he's a created player, but an awesome dude. And I remember. Teammates tell me, hey, always be ready. You know, you're not starting this game, but always be ready to you know, go in. So that entire game, I was just staying warm, staying loose. And then next, you know, uh, they're like, hey, you're going in. uh Defensive placement, shortstop. And I'm like, <laughs> like, your, your heart drops, you know? <laughs> and it's like, this is happening. And um, Seager was up, and there's a runner on. We're down by one. I'm going, he's about to hit a home run. We're going to go up one, and I'm going to have to go in for defense to, you know, for this half inning. Uh He hits a bomb. Did he
2: really? He hits a home
1: run. I'm like, I knew it. I'm like, here we go. Like, I got to be ready. And I'm just, like, trying to just focus on my breathing. I'm just, like, focus on my breathing. And I remember I took these first couple steps, and the crowd's going nuts because we just hit a home run. And I felt like I was in a movie legit movie. That's all I thought about. It's like man. the rookie. <laughs> Seriously. That's that's how how I felt. And just running on the field and um D Gordon comes up to me and just puts his arm around me. And he's like, breathe, Donnie breathe. I'm <laughs> like, I'm trying, dude. I'm trying. He goes, he's like, I couldn't be happier for you, man. Like uh he goes, you you deserve this. Um, I want you to enjoy it. You belong up here. And he's like, I love you, man, and I'm here for you. I was like, holy crap, like that's exactly what I needed. Yeah. And then Seeger's over there, like, let's go, you know, patting his glove. And I saw Kyle Lewis, and I was like, okay, that's normal. Like that's that's yeah. normal seeing the outfield. And he was like, patting his glove, like, let's go, baby. And uh, you know, after the first ball was hit, and Outfielder caught it and then I caught it and I threw it in. I was like, all right, hit me one, hit me mm-hmm. one, you know. And um then the next game, I started and then they do this huge, you know, video of you right before the game, like your first start and stuff like that. And I'm like, holy cow, like what's going on? And yeah. For Kyle Lewis is at bat, the crowd erupted because, you know, he's top prospect and all this stuff. And when I got up my first at bat, um, They did the same thing. Crowd went nuts. And I was like, holy cow. And you step in that box. I remember Braden Bishop, who's a close friend of mine. He goes, when you step in that box, a sense of peace is going to come over you. Like, like, like you belong there. And like, it's going to help you relax. And I remember stepping in the box and I'm looking at Sonny Gray, like first at bat. And I'm like, wow. Like, I just started like enjoying it. I was like, this is crazy. And luckily, had a crazy at-bat, walked. And um, before that inning or before that at-bat, I remember the first play I got was a diving play. Got up and threw him out. And I was like, holy, like, that that was perfect. You know, I need to dive and play and get up and throw. And now it's like, we're good, you know. Yeah. That helped me relax. But I remember I was in that enjoyment phase, like – like, happy to be here. Like, of course, I wanted to have success, but sure, I wanted to uh, – I was just enjoying it. And then the Astros came to town. And I remember, you know, throughout college, you know, you want to be the – I want to be the best in the country. I just want to be best shortstop, you know. And Dansby Swanson and Alex Bregman with the top two dogs. And I remember when I was working out or anything like that, I was like, you know what, they ain't, they ain't that good. You know, I'm I'm better. <laughs> I, that was just going through my mind because I'm a psycho. And I uh, was <laughs> just like, you know, I'm just as good as those guys. And then once I saw Bregman, I was like, I just kind of like nodded my head and smiled. I was like, all right, I know why I'm here. Like, I've been chasing this fool, like, my entire, entire life. Like, mm-hmm. you know. I'm just as good as this kid guy, and like I'm going to be better. And that was another thing: is like, all right, I'm not just here to for a little bit. I want to be up here long, and i want to be. i want to be great. And so um, I'm glad that happened because you know, at first, at that time, I still you know, it was like kind of eye opening. Yeah. Thing again, you know.
0: Yeah what what a cool experience like that's yeah. uh, def- definitely movie like you get a chance to to achieve kind of the goal you set before yourself, but yet not quite be satisfied by just like being there and and going back down, always like you're there to stay. Right. Yeah. So one of the things, you know, right now, obviously COVID happened, and that was a whole different deal. And we can talk about that later sometime, but you know, I want to dive into like right now you've had to, you know, you've been, you're in the big leagues, you've gone down AAA a little bit and you're back in the big leagues. You talked about being ready just a second ago whenever your, your time, uh, came for, for your first appearance, but what does that mean for you? Like right now, just having to to go back and forth and like, be ready, like, you know, one day in the majors and you might be in, in triple A the next, and then you got to be prepared to go out and play. And then you're back in the majors. Um, yeah. And How do you stay focused on being present where you're at, but also being ready to go?
1: It's something I learned probably last year during the COVID thing. Cause I, I, uh, you know, it was only up for, like, five games, six games. and played in four. And we were scrimmaging the rest of the time. And um, I will say one thing. is like, that year, last year, it was another thing, like, realizing, hey, you can't play this game forever. And Man. it hit me. Like, after the season, I was, like, wow. Like, you know, not knowing – I knew there's – I know there's a lot more important things in life, of course. Like Sure. But – it was another one of those stages where, you know, I'm I'm going to be great. I'm going to be great. You know, I'm going to do this, all this stuff, you know. And that game gets taken away from you. And um and you're just like, oh, all right, like, better start enjoying this thing again because, you know, you don't know how long you got it. And uh, I think I took that experience because I was, you know, just like everybody else it was just upset all year, can't do things you want to do and stuff like that. And um, I started to, you know, realize I got to just be in the moment, you know, and uh, so going in this year, I was just like, you know, what, I'm going to just enjoy the heck out of this, you know, I, you know, I'll probably start in AAA, but, you know, fans are coming back to the park, like, it's going to be amazing to have those fans out there and just play in front of fans again. And, Um, and kind of just approaching that, you know, the game like that, like, hey, you know, we I'm playing baseball, you know, for a living, like let's let's enjoy this thing and whatever happens, happens. And then um, you know, I get called up the first time this year and um, you know, I went to that mode. It's like I'm gonna just do whatever I can just help this team win because I don't know how long I'm gonna be up here. Just enjoy it and started to have some success and just kind of taking that approach to it that way. And then after like a week, week and a half, the games, the game finally started feeling like a, just a regular game, not like a big league game, you know, sure. just the more experience, the more experience, more experience, the more comfortable you're going to feel. And then <clears throat> get sent back down and um, you know, you're bummed out, you know, whatever, um, but you're still playing baseball you know, and, uh, it's kind of realized i still got a lot to learn. Um, and I think taking that approach has helped me along this way. Um, and the traveling I did last year and just being upset and, you know, like what's going on, like losing a year and all that stuff, like that all went out the window and was like, you know what? I don't know how long I'm going to be playing this game. I don't know how long I'm going to be up in the big leagues. So, you know, focus on this day, you know, take the approach, just enjoying the game, put the work in, have a plan and run with it. And, uh, you know, I've, a guy from the the Cubs, uh, Wisdom, I don't know if you saw the thing on uh, Twitter, he had an interview and he's going crazy. He's, He's been DFA'd I think once or twice and he was with us last year, but he said in an interview, um, this year, just be where your feet are. He's like, once I, once I focus on being where my feet are and, you know, take it one day at a time, cause like all the things I just said, you don't know what can happen. You don't know how long you're playing this game. Um, just be where your feet are and, uh, you know the success will will come along with it. So yeah, um, I think it it is a struggle at times. You definitely had those bad days and all that stuff, but kind of just remind yourself, hey, like it's all right. You know, it's all it's all just part of this you know process, it's like you're going through and all part of you know your experience right now, and it's going to help you in the long run.
0: Yeah, and that's so great. That's one of my favorite favorite quotes is just being where your feet are because it's so good, and we've talked about that mm-hmm. a lot. But, you know, one of the things, just giving some insight into the, the type of guy that you are at the moment. Like, we were scheduled to to have a podcast, I think, sometime last week, and you had just gotten maybe bumped into AAA from the majors. Yeah. And I remember I saw something like you had – I don't know if it was your first at bat back in AAA or what. But it was his first bat of the game or something, and you, you bombed one out the home yeah. run right yeah. and yeah. so and then now currently now just a week later you're back back with the big league team so yeah. the thing about it is i hope for people that listen is that no matter where you're at you know treat it like it's the only job you got and you do your best at it because you could easily be sulking like man i'm back in triple a i don't want to be here and then yeah. all of a sudden you get into a funk and you're not hitting well well instead of having that mindset, you're like, okay, I'm back in AAA, but I get to play baseball. Like I, I get yeah. to do what I love to do. I'm going to go out and play. I'm going to do my best at it. And obviously, uh, you know, it's fun to see like that first at bat was a homer, but at the same time, now you're back. You just got called back up and you're back with the major league team. And so yeah. it's about enjoying the moment, being, being where your feet are, just like you talked about. It's so critical. And um, I think that's a testament and a great lesson itself, no matter how much stuff is going on, it can seem up and down but you just stay planted on, on where you're at presently and do the best that you can at it. And I think that's a great lesson that you obviously are, are doing today. You know, I know we've, we've gone a little bit long here, but I, I definitely, it's all good. Yeah. I appreciate uh, I your time. Yeah. Um, but you know, one of the I was going to ask you too, are there any particular resources that you like to, to listen to or read or, or what are the ways that you're trying to grow yourself?
1: Yeah, I, uh, uh, I liked to, I, I think I got a good understanding at a young age of, you know, my dad would point out those guys, hey, pay attention to them, pay attention to them. And then I would just, you know, I'd imitate them, right? And I just ask questions. And I I think I've had a good feel of who to ask and my times through pro Bowl and the guys that are with this organization and stuff like that and the teammates that I have, like, I remember, you know, talking to Seager yesterday and this is the kind of teammate he is, you know, he's getting ready to play a game, right. He's got 10 years in the show and we got like 30 minutes before the game or 40 minutes before the game. And he's been telling me about this one, you know, being on, being on playing with the pitch. And that's just like setting your, you know, your body to his arm angle you know, I can go talk about this for an hour. But like, (laughs) he, he literally stopped what he's doing. And we talked about it for 15 minutes. I was like, see, hey, this is really helping me like the home run I hit. I was like, dude, I can see the ball way better. Yada, yada, yada. And like, we just talked 15 minutes about, you know, just setting your body or whatever. And it's just like, that's what I like to do is like, and then Roy Howe, our hitting guy in AAA. I just, not even asking him about just hitting or anything like that, just his time in the show. You know, I just like to have that one-on-one conversation with those guys. And I'm fortunate to have those conversations with those guys because they're around me every day. And I just try to pick whoever's brain like that's available. Like I'll go out of my way. I'm not like, Oh, should I go talk to him or not? Like, cause I, I was like that before at early age, but now I'm like, no, like, you know, cause something simple as Jay bell, who's a world series champion with the diamondbacks, we were taking ground balls and he, I was just like, you know, "What what do you got for me? And the simplest thing, I still think about it to this day, like the, and you're, finger right here the index finger you know and when you put it in your glove it's like this part right here it's like in the middle of your pocket of the glove like if you catch it there you catch it clean every time he goes so when the ball is coming just point your finger to that point point your finger to the ball when you're fielding ground ball point your finger to the ball it's something just simple like that and it's like oh <laughs> like, you know you just think about just catching it and you don't think about that just smaller thing to where you catch it clean every time and so I like to just if it's a new guy. Like, so we have Etro. We had the alt site this year before our AAA season. Etro is working out with us, and I'm like, you know, you're afraid to go up to Etro, whatever. And then you know he's there every day, and his translator's there, and I'm like, all right, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? so just going up and asking that question, and and I tell a lot of people that don't be afraid to ask questions to somebody like I hope nobody's you know if somebody sees me they can ask me anything about the game and because um, I enjoy talking about it and I feel like guys like Utro and Seeger and all those guys they enjoy talking about it and then another thing is like when there's interviews on TV like any type of sport like I remember I, even on podcasts like this to like Phil Mickelson talking about you know him visualizing a shot. Um, you you see that Michael Jordan documentary. You see, um, I'll go on YouTube and just find interviews of people, or you know, even like Conor McGregor's crazy you know personality. Yeah. Like yeah. just gaining just that little bit of information from all different types of athletes and you start to realize they think the same way you do but then they have certain things here and there that you know help them gain that advantage in whatever sport they're in
0: yeah absolutely it's trying to find whatever little edge you can get and get better each day yeah right
1: so and and realizing you don't have it all figured out like you you know you might be good like hey i'm freaking I'm hitting 330, and I'm just like, I'm the best, whatever. And then next, you yeah. know, you hit that stream, but like, never tell, like, you never have it figured out. Like, you, there's always that more information you can gain. And that's what my dad's always taught me. He's, you know, he's unbelievable. Like, he's,
2: yeah, he's, he's people awesome.
1: love him. People love him. And he's like one of the best, you know, baseball coaches out there. But, he's like i still want to learn i'm like what the hell you gotta learn like what what else can you and he's like oh like i could you know he's learning from a golf swing maybe a hitter can like feel you know it's like what in the world are you talking about but it's like that's how he's wired he's just yeah he's wired like that
0: yeah i think the word that comes to mind when you think about people that are naturally uh it's it's they're curious, but at the same time, like, as you move forward in life, having a confident humility about you, like you have to be confident to be successful, but, but staying humble to yet know that you don't have it all uh, going on for you. Yeah, And, I mean, you can and even good. thinking about your dad too, I remember talking with him. He, you know, he's a big, uh, great coach, great on all different levels of coaching too, not just from the technical aspect of baseball, but just the mind component and I remember I re- reread a book not too long ago, really, and I texted him because I reread it, but he had told me about a book, The Inner Game of Tennis. I'm sure you might have heard of it, but it, anyway, it was a yeah. a really good book that um, just makes you think about things in a different way from the mental component of it. And it's, it's always that edge to continue to learn and grow that you're always trying to seek out what you're doing and, and you're paying it forward, too. Yeah. you've had a lot of people that have helped you along the way, but you're doing that for other people. Yeah. And that's, absolutely. that's what you got to do. So that's absolutely. awesome. Uh, real quick for a fun, a fun component of it is, is there been any experience that you've had where the guys you look looked up to for a long time playing, have you gotten to meet a lot of those guys and has it been any, any situations like that where it's been pretty cool?
1: Uh, yeah. Like I said, uh, you know, each row is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, each row is one of the best guys out there. Um, and you, you start to see what hard work. And he's had the same routine for the last forty years, and he just never misses a day. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, he can go out there and play right now. I'm dead serious. Be just fine. And he's fifty, you know. And it's like, and he's still shagging and stuff like that, but he truly loves the game um and then you know Seeger's guys kind of the same height same build and i remember when i got drafted we got we went to a game and i saw him play and i was like you know i really respect that guy and and d gordon um you know i saw you know i saw him play his rookie year it was amazing this quick story like we we're in the locker room in baltimore and I was like, D, I got to tell you something. Like my high school and my summer going to my senior year of high school, I watched you play against the Phillies and you actually, you know, hurt your shoulder. And he goes, yeah, Cliff Lee was pitching that day. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, that was my rookie year. And he goes, look at us now. And I was like, wow. Huh? It's just yeah. crazy. And, and he's another guy. And, um, you know, it's, I've been very fortunate um, and very lucky and, and blessed to uh, be where I'm at. And I think I've realized that more than anything that I realize that more now than ever. And uh, um, those are just a couple guys right there. Um, and, you know, it's cool to like Jose Trevino, who played for my dad, who, you know, I was about to be his roommate, you know. I played against them this year and this was our dream, you know, this whole time. And um, but I, I don't know, it's it's crazy because I'm still like I said, learning a lot and then I'm still meeting these guys and stuff like that. But each row and and Seeger and D. Gordon, um, and Mitch Haniger who's helped me a ton uh, this year as well. Uh, and that's another guy who his routine is like pristine every day, so um, that's what I'm doing. I'm just—I feel like I've always, ever since a young age, just watching guys all throughout ORU and see who's the guys that have been just doing it the right way. I've been just kind of just watching those guys and continue even in college, you know, pro ball, and now up in the big leagues. And it's just like you're just starting to learn little things here and there and. To just gain an advantage. And then, um, like I said, I, I like talking about it, I like passing along too. So it's, it's cool.
0: Yeah. It's cool. You can see how you're always constantly watching learning and then applying at the end of it. Yeah. So that's yeah. absolutely true. Um, one of the things we'll get into the fire round for you where I'm just going to say, say a word and you just say whatever comes to your mind first. Okay. okay. So resilience is
1: I, I like just saying, when a guy is resilient, so when that when you ask me that, I just think badass. Like okay. that guy, you know, resilient is just you're a badass. Like you're not gonna give up. You know, you're just my uh my dad always talked about, you know, you know, you get knocked down, get back up, right? He goes, No. He goes, guys that get knocked down, they go through that slump or anything longer than they should. He goes, just take the punches just roll with the punches don't get knocked down Mm -hmm. and don't go down that down that road he goes just keep taking the punches so i feel like that's resiliency
2: i
0: love that that's awesome favorite uh, ballpark you get to play in
1: i've gotten asses a bunch you know camden Yards, baltimore like that was awesome um but Seattle, man, I don't know what it is. Like, that park is true. They did an unbelievable job, and it's fun playing there.
0: Yeah, awesome. Grit.
1: Grit is actually something that we talked about in college. Um, and we talked about a lot. And, you know, I just – it's another thing, like I said, about resiliency. It's just – you can tell, like, who's who's got some grit, like, just by watching them play and being with them a bunch. But when I think of grit, um, I just think a guy that, you know, it's funny cause we just talk about this all the time in college, but it's just, you know, overcoming adversity, you know, it's mm-hmm. overcoming adversity.
0: Yeah. It all comes down to?
1: Mental toughness. Awesome mental toughness for sure. That's, you know, it's, if you, you start to see the, the great ones, they're the mentally toughest. Like no matter what's thrown at them, you know, it's, they can take it and they can roll with it. So mental toughness.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, okay. We're done with the fire. The last two questions, basically you've kind of touched on it throughout your story, but is there a certain piece of best advice you've ever received?
1: Best advice, you know, the, the one I think about your care level. I think that that hit me hard. Um, control what you can control. Um, you know, you can easily see the guys that are worried about this, worried about getting called up, worrying about what other people are thinking, worrying about what the organization is going to do. Um, you know, Worrying about the future, all this stuff, and it's just—I get caught up in it too. But and then it's like, you know, you people, are like, you can't control it. And it's like, well, you know, what, what are you going to do? You're going to change what happened the day before? You're going to, you know, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's just like, you can just control what you can control. And you know, I—I'll I'll always go back. Where's your care level at? Just you know, and kind of being where your feet are. And enjoying the moment.
0: Yeah, that's so good. So this podcast is called building excellence. What does building excellence mean to you?
1: (sighs) You No. We all, we all want to be great. Um, but the building part, I don't think people understand the building part and you know, if you want to be great, um, you got to realize that building part. You're going to go through the, the slumps, the, the tough times. And if, you know, and if you can get through that and, and those tough times, those are the tough, those tough times, that's really like kind of figure out who you are. And, um, you know, building excellence is not only building who uh, you are as an athlete, but, you know, as a person as well. And, you know, I think, you know, when I look back uh, to – what I've done to get to get me to this point right here. Uh, if you want to build excellence, you got to make sacrifices. Because you know, I didn't, that time where I always was hanging out with my friends and stuff like that. And if you want to be great at some, you know, you're going to have to make sacrifices and, um, uh, And if you really want something, you got to put, you got to put everything into it. So I know that was just rambling, but I, I, uh, you know, I'm trying to put it in a perfect, you know, description, but yeah, I, I'm just thinking back all the times and I'm like, you know what, if I didn't actually put in the work and take the time to take the extra repetitions, you know, even back basketball practice to go to baseball and um, put my time with my friends um, off to the side and uh, really reaching for a goal that I I really wanted uh, I want to be in this position I am today yeah
0: no that's so good Donnie. appreciate you being on the show thanks for taking some time to kind of share your story your thoughts and and really just be a positive influence on a lot of people not just uh, not just in athletics but um, you know, in life, you know, there's so many great lessons that you shared as you can th- see throughout your story. And, you know, when you talk about building excellence, the building part, there's a reason why it's called building excellence, because, um, it, it's a process every single yeah. day you're building something. It's just, what are you mm-hmm. going to be building? And yeah. so you've been, uh, great at, at doing that and obviously having a goal and going to achieve it. So if, if someone wanted to reach out and, and follow you, what would be the best way to do that?
1: You know, um. I have a Twitter, I have an Instagram. Um, you know, I've, I've answered questions from people before who I've never even met, but they have a, you know, baseball question or they've asked, you know, what does it take? Stuff like that. Um, you know, they can hit me on that. Um, you know, if there's somebody that comes up to you that would like to talk to me, you have my number. Um, I definitely, like I said, I enjoy talking about this because, you know, it helps me remind myself to, you know, what I've been through and, you know, and help me realize that I have, I have a gift and I need to share that gift with others to help them achieve their goals. And so, um, yeah, man, it's, uh, those two things and, you know, if anybody comes up to you, then true to my number. So
0: awesome. Donnie, thanks so much for being on the show. Really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. thank awesome. you, ben.
0: Hey everyone. It's Bailey miles. Thanks again so much for tuning in. We hope you found value in the show and if you enjoyed it, we would really appreciate you sharing the show with a friend, subscribing on Apple or Spotify podcast, writing a quick review or leaving a five star rating. When you do that, it really helps get the message out and allows more people to hear these stories and help them build excellence in their life, leadership and legacy. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me via email. It's bailey at baileymiles.com. Follow us on social. We're on all the different social platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Or check out our website at baileymiles.com. Once again, I'd love to hear from you, so definitely do that. And then thanks again for joining me on this journey. And remember, life begins at the end of your comfort zone.